Most media companies have known for years that there's tremendous value in creating podcasts as pillar content in your marketing strategy. But over the course of 2020 and various moves from a few big time shows such as Joe Budden, Joe Rogan, and Caller Daddy, myself along with two guest co-hosts break down these moves and what it means for the business side of podcasting. Questions like, if a three-minute song is worth X amount of money, how much is a three-hour stream worth? What are the realistic goals to go after as an independent creator? And how can independent creators protect their most valuable assets? These plus more are all answered on our own podcast. Enjoy this instant classic episode of the Digital Dispatch Podcast presented by Freight School Playbook. All right, welcome in everybody for this special edition. And as you might be able to tell from the show title, we're peeking behind the curtain and looking at the business side of podcasting. And so not only are we looking at the business side of podcasting, but I'm also joined with two co-hosts for the first time in a very long time for me. So first up, we have Botter Milligan, co-founder and host of the Short Box Podcast, plus co-founder of the Jacksonville Podcasters Group, Botter. Hello, Botter Milligan speaking. <laughs> and we also have Al Pete, who is a host of several different podcasts, including the Groove Suite and owner of Mr. Peterson's Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. How y'all doing? How y'all doing? <laughs> now, as sort of the name of the episode suggests, you know, over the last few months, we've sort of seen a, a real-time view, a peek behind the curtain of the business side of podcasting. Now, a few months ago, Joe Rogan, who is currently on YouTube and has been sort of the OG in the game since I think he started in 2009 podcasting. He's also been on YouTube for the majority of that time as well. He signed a historic deal to move over to po- or move over over to Spotify starting September 1st. So he was kind of the first sort of podcaster in the game to really make a name for himself and moving over to Spotify more of an exclusive contract later in the years or later in the year. I think he's also going to have some YouTube stuff that's still going to, he's still going to have the clips, but he's not going to have the full show and the full video. Those are transitioning over to Spotify exclusively by the end of the year. So we saw that big record contract. And then we also saw an incident with the a podcast by the name of Call Her Daddy, which was in a very public dispute with Barstool Sports, uh, basically fighting over the two co-hosts were fighting over uh, control of their IP Call Her Daddy show. And then uh, it ultimately sort of, I guess, just ruined the two co-hosts' friendship. They were roommates at the time. Uh, it's completely severed ties with each other. And so what you have is a situation where the podcast has essentially moved on still with Barstool, but now it's a separated co-host and they've gone their separate ways. And then this week, we've had another trailblazing show where the Joe Budden podcast dropped some bombs on us. And so, Botter, why don't you go ahead and set up that story of everything surrounding that? Thank you, Blythe. Joe Budden, the media mogul and rapper, announced that he will not be renewing his two-year exclusive run with Spotify after his contract ends this month. Um, His, uh, you know, he gave a lot more details and reasons why in this week's episode of his self-titled podcast, of course, uh, starting from episode 375, Views from the Spot. Uh, in episode 376, we're not the same, both released Wednesday and Saturday, respectively. Um, he essentially um, dismantled his exclusive deal with the streaming giant, Spotify. Um, he was once deemed, you know, some people, uh, I, I think he was called, you know, the Howard Stern of hip hop by the New York Times at one point. Um, he's really only kind of had his podcast for a, a short time, relatively speaking, when you compare it to some of the, um, like, Joe, like a Joe Rogan. Um, he launched his podcast in 2015. Uh, he signed an exclusive deal with Spotify in 2018. That, of course, is coming to an end 
at the end of this month. He used this week's two episodes to kind of vent and really talk about the deal at a very unprecedented level of detail. Um, talking about the different gripes he's had with the contract, with, with the company, with Spotify, uh, some of the shortcomings, um, and, and just kind of putting it all out there on, on why he's making the decision not to stay exclusive with Spotify, even though they are bringing in a lot of shows this month. So uh, first thoughts, I guess I should ask after listening to to both of those shows. Al, I'll go to you first. I was like, classes in session. Was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was, when I when I it was maybe like the first five minutes of it, I was just like, "Yo, I know where this is going." <laughs> I was like, "This, I know this is going." But then when it was getting deeper and deeper, I was like, "Oh, okay, so maybe I need to like really sit down and listen to this." And then when I was sitting down, I was like, "Well, maybe I need to like put some things on hold real quick that would really listen to it." And then the more I got into it, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to listen to this at least once or twice a week just to see what uh, what type of playground that we in. Because I've had so many questions about podcasting, um, just the, the the legal aspect of it. So for him to answer basically all those questions and just those thoughts, I was like, wow, like it, it, it was it was really a wow moment. I mean, I've talked to a couple of people here and there about it, but overall for me, I was just like, yo, this is. This is a lesson that can really be beneficial to like all, you know, pod, a lot of podcasters. I mean, simple and plain. Just it's like a it's like a book of uh try what try call quest said with Q tip is a industry rule number four hundred eighty record uh, record, these record labels are shady. shady. Yeah. yeah, like it's that. It's it's that and then some. So I was like, wow, this is crazy. You know, to to echo what what you what you said, I, I think that was the reception that a lot of fellow podcasters um had. And not just podcasters, but just a I mean, I had a friend that who's who's not a podcaster but enjoys the Joe Button podcast hit me up like, yo, you've got to listen to this ASAP, like I'm over here learning a bunch of things. So I can only imagine what this episode means to you. Um, I, I, I seen a tweet that I think really kind of encompasses how uh, some of the things you were just saying, Al, and maybe, and especially how I feel. Um, it, it says something to the effect that today's Joe Budden podcast is a masterclass on the value of contracts. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, and I, I think that kind of hits the nail on the head because I don't, Personally, I don't know too many um, podcasts or or hosts or really anyone that you know, especially like these big kind of um, uh, media t- talent kind of moguls and people that are like Joe Budden and above, really divulge that level of detail of their contract. You know, I mean, Joe Budden's always had a, a knack for being complete, like very blunt, very honest, mm-hmm. for better or worse. You know, uh, sometimes to his detriment. But um, this one was just for me. I, my jaw was on the ground, like holy crap, yo, he is sharing everything, like things that I, I can only imagine. Um, what someone uh, on the other, you know, the receiving end, I can only imagine what being a Spotify rep or you know someone that's working on that contract is thinking. Like, what is he doing? You know, that was kind of my reaction. I was like, wow, go Joe, go. <laughs> <laughs> but even, but you know what? But even with that, I I would be very shocked to the know if somebody on the Spotify end of it will be like, wow, why did he do that? Being the person that he is. But it just shows a lot about, I mean, it's it's Joe Button, man. Joe Button ain't gonna hold no punches when it comes to a lot of feelings and thoughts that he has in regards to it. Like, he kept saying he's from music. You know what I'm saying? He comes from the music aspect. Mm -hmm. That was, when he was saying that, like, for me, you know, 
when he was talking about the podcast, that's one thing because I'm a podcaster and I run a network. But then for him to say I come from the music side, I'm like, I'm an MC too. So I like I'm in the music uh, world. So for him to like, directly say that, I'm like, I know all these things. So in my mind, I'm like, why don't these companies understand the people who they're dealing with? And it just, it just makes them think like, it makes me think like, wow, they, they're not really paying attention to who they're dealing with because if they would have known Joe Button the way that he is and how radical he is and how left and right field he goes, him saying something like that. And you got to think about it too. They probably been holding this on, holding this for a long time. Yeah, it, it, this episode made me think, try to recollect, like, how many times have I heard them say something about Spotify? And, and didn't say it. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> like how many maybe subliminals have they, have they mentioned? Cause I mean, uh, for example, like, you know, they brought up, um, the lack of holidays and, and, and some of the treatment that they were having, like, very, I, I felt Close like. Close to a year ago, they, they started airing a in respect to the grievances that grievances that he's airing, it was about a year ago when he was talking about, you know, we've been going at this and we've been doing, you know, three hour shows twice a week for this mm-hmm. long and mm-hmm. we want to take some vacation time. We feel like we deserve it. And Spotify basically said no and kind of hinted at the fact that or, or Joe Budden took uh, the, the thought process of that Spotify essentially needed them to keep posting new content. Yeah. 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 He made it seem, um, he was very adamant. I just made it seem, but he was very adamant that, uh, they were driving, their content was extremely valuable, uh, to them. And, and I've always thought about, you know, Joe Budden's, um, output, you know, um, as a podcaster, I know how much work goes into just one podcast. You know, I, I, I do one a week and that takes up a lot of time between planning and actually recording, editing, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I, I always thought f- from the get go, um, you know, and I've been listening to Joe Budden when he wasn't when he wasn't Spotify exclusive. So when he made the jump to Spotify, and I learned that he's doing two episodes a week, I remember even thinking like, "Holy moly!" Like, "Yo, that is a lot." So he wasn't doing two episodes no. per week prior to, to the Spotify to, move. He used to drop one episode a week, and it was like three and a half hours long. And I thought that him going to Spotify meant okay, he'll just break out that three and a half hour block, maybe two one hour episodes. No, he still maintained relatively pretty long shows you know two hour episodes twice a week and that was also a a similar complaint that he had when he he mentioned that the reason that he moved to spotify is because he wanted to know more about the analytics and during the first few months of the contract he got access to that information and when he started asking questions that's when that access sort of was cut off Mm -hmm. and his thought process was well if a stream is for three minutes is worth x amount what is a podcast that's for three hours, that attention grabbing of three hours, what is that worth? I know it's worth a hell of a lot more is basically what he was inferring. And, I, and I'll be honest, uh, when he started, and I remember when he started asking that question, I remember like, you know, just early on, he would pose that question several times. And as someone who, who dabbles in this, I it, it made me think a lot too, like, man, that is a great question. I wonder if we'll get an answer through his show and it still kind of seems like i don't know if anyone's i think that's still a point of contention and a big role in this is that um he's asking those questions i don't think anyone's got the answer 
A couple of other things that, that was sort of uh, attention grabbing to me is he said that in his contract, and he laid out a few like specific items, he said that Spotify can't edit their show, which clearly after these couple episodes this week, uh, Spotify <laughs> probably would have edited a lot of that stuff out, but that was in his contract. He also said that he had final say for ad approval, which I thought was really interesting and really sort of, a, I guess, a pioneer in that regard, because anybody who's been in podcasting, if you're on any kind of ad network or if you worked in radio, you know that you really don't have any kind of say over the advertising side of things. So I thought that that was really interesting to hear from. Hey, Al, Al was there anything like um, uh, specifically that that he was kind of sharing as far as like gripes or just things uh, that, that he was exposing that like kind of like got your attention or made you, you know, made, made you think? Well, the, I mean, the, the number aspect of it, definitely. Like the whole... Uh, if people listening to music, uh, you know, listen to music for three minutes and they get X amount of dollars, what does it mean for somebody that's listening for, you know what I'm saying, for two hours or three hours? And what I was going to bring my point to on that was the fact that these people listen all the way through. This ain't no like, yeah, oh, let me, li- yeah. let me listen to it for 30 minutes. They even have their stuff timestamped. But mm-hmm. for me, as not, I mean, I, I occasionally listen to Joe Button, but they have their stuff timestamped. But with this particular episode and the one that came out Saturday, I, I listened to, uh, <laughs> I went back and listened to the whole episode. Mm-hmm. Like I went to the specific one, but I went back and listened to it all the way through numerous times. So those, the number factor of it, that really stood out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what else stood out of me? Uh, it was just so much, man. Cause like I said, I have questions about how this is right. Cause I feel like the podcasting world is such a, uh, a wild west and I don't, it just don't seem like there's anything legal in place for podcasting when it comes to like fair use and stuff like that. I mean, you got a little bit of stuff here and there, but they're using the, the, the platform of like music. Mm. So that, that really kind of. Hit me that, that that really like answered my question. A lot of those questions was answered for me because I'm like, well, how how are we going to like run this independently or like to these platforms that we put our podcast on? Like, do we really own these rights? Are we mm-hmm. really reading the fine print of this? Like, do mm-hmm. people you know like even for the advertisements? I totally agree with the advertise. Like for him to say, like for him to go in and say we getting these ads for these individuals and and collectively, mm-hmm. <laughs> like. I was like, that's a, that's a move. And maybe that's why Spotify felt like they need to do what they do because of that particular situation or situations. I don't know, but. You know, and I am confused at at some points or at a few of the items he he brought up because on on one hand, it seemed that he had a lot of say, you know, being able to tell um, Spotify, Hey, no, I'm not going to read your ads. Um, But then on the other hand, the fact that he had to ask permission because he, he mentioned something about like, you know, sending it up, you know, up channel and asking for days off, you know, so it, it, there's like this weird dichotomy of like power and then lack of power in, in certain areas that you're like, well, that seems pretty reasonable, like days off during Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, well, what what power did he have? And, and how come, you know, on the other hand, he couldn't get certain things that seemed, you know, within reach or just kind of 
plain um, um, uh, like negotiation tactics. Well, I think a, a lot of it almost stems from because he did mention about uh, working with several different people at Spotify. And, mm. you know, every couple months it was somebody else that he was talking to. And Al, that made me think the most about um, uh, record labels because it, it made me think about um, uh, someone like a big crit who talked about when he joined Def Jam that he got in with Jeff Jam expecting to work with one individual that really championed his his sound and, and like was going to look out for him. But as soon as he joined, he got kind of like they got let go or, or moved somewhere else and then he got kind of lost in the shuffle and eventually just got shelved. So right. it was once again, I mean, you brought up like that music industry parallel. I think that is unfortunately the the closest thing that we've got to compare this to. And it's it's crazy to see that a lot of the flaws with the music industry still are um, relevant and prevalent in uh, podcasting. Yeah, because they're using it's it, they're using the same platform. They're using the same blueprint as how uh, how music does, and it's like I know for me personally, you know, just from I, I mean from from common sense to learning stuff, you know what I'm saying, from reading and, I mean, even going to school for it, you know what I'm saying, for you know, communications and media, you know, we took that legal class and, like, a lot of the laws, like, we, like we're constantly breaking laws every day we, that we don't even know, hmm. but from the podcast spectrum of it, it's like, some of these things, like, I can't, to me, and I might, be, I'm still learning a lot of this. Even though I've been podcasting forever, feel are, like are we all as well? Yeah, as well. But we're still learning like this, this platform, this process. Even when people come and ask me, "Well, how do you, you know, uh, how do you monetize from podcasting?" Like, it's like it's it's a wild west type of conversation because yeah. it's like you you know you got ads, you can do that way, or you can get an investor do that way. But it's like. At the end of the day, is there any type of like medium that we can go to and be like, okay, this is the platform we're going to run with versus the music. So it gives these bigger platforms an easier way to get money and easier way to like dictate what goes on in podcasting. And it's like, nah, I mean, I think that's why it was so easy for, for uh, Joe to, uh, Joe Rogan to get the deal that he got. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it was, it was almost like a no-brainer. The only reason why it was such a big deal is because he'd been podcasting forever. When we we didn't even know podcasting was podcasting, he was doing it and his value of work. But the platforms that I feel like podcasts are using, that these companies are using, yeah, I feel like they're using it. They're like, okay, well, what what platform can we use or what blueprint can we use? And they, they're going straight to music. Maybe because it's kind of relevant. I don't know. But it's just weird. It's so wild west, man. I keep saying it. it's so wild, wild west right now. And, and you know what? It's, to your to your point, hearing Joe voice his grievances, th those some of them I felt like, wait, you couldn't, you know, th that was a point of contention. Like, yeah, man, that's 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 crazy. It, it at the by, at the end of it, I, I did feel I did feel empowered. You know, hearing Joe kind of voice like be that honest and, and, and push for like, create like, yo creators listen to what I'm telling you. Um, and, and, and in a, in a weird way too, I felt, um, relieved that I wasn't too off base to, to, to be able to look at someone like a Joe button who, you know, is, is, you know, undoubtedly one of the biggest, you know, a podcast creators out there that even he is going through 
these things that you know yeah. I, I've I've yeah. thought about that I've put my you know that I've asked questions like man how would I how, how is this how does this work it it is kind of reassuring in in a weird way um in a secondhand way to know that even the the, the top dogs are are facing these dilemmas and asking these questions and they're kind of lost in the dark too i know that doesn't you know that's that's not what we want we want clear answers we want like you know to be able to solve these things but there is a sense of reassuring for reassurance for someone at our level that um Mm -hmm. that you know they're going through the same thing too and i think one of the bigger lessons too from from the whole fiasco is looking back on the move that joe rogan is making to spotify in which it's a licensing deal and he's mm-hmm. been very very specific when he does talk about it on youtube that it is a licensing deal and he i think he even made a comment about a month ago on the episode with bill burr which i'll i'll link to in the show notes because it was a really fascinating discussion on mm-hmm. sort of the i guess the 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 relative nature of comics and creators and controlling your destiny but he joe rogan mentioned that spotify has already reached out to him and asked him you know who do you think is going to be the first guest on the show and joe just kind of groans like just whoever it's going to be that was his response Hmm. um so you could kind of tell that maybe there's already a little bit of i don't want to say animosity there but there definitely is a little bit there was a hint in his in joe rogan's tone that oh well what did i get myself into but on the flip side he's also protected that it's a licensing deal. It's not, he's not being exclusive to Spotify yet. I, I guess I'm so used to mm. just watching Joe Rogan on YouTube. I, I mean, is his podcast not available on Spotify now? I know that might be a, a complete dumb question, but I'm pretty, I've got to ask. Well, I, I know that the way that he formats his show is he has two different channels on YouTube. Yep, he yep. has the one where it's the full complete show and then he has the clips. My understanding of the deal is that the podcast version of the full show and the video is going to Spotify. Meanwhile, the clips will always be on YouTube. Well, so that, that's, so currently right now, his po- does he does he distribute his audio as a podcast on platforms? That's a good question. I honestly have no idea and, and, because and I really only on exactly. Spotify, I, only, I only listen to Joe Rogan. I only listen to Joe. I only you know uh, consume Joe Rogan via YouTube. Right. So when I heard this deal, I was like, "Wait, are you telling me Joe Rogan has literally stuck with one platform?" Like, because I just never bothered to, or cared to look up joe rogan on apple Podcasts or spotify he's, I just, on, he's on apple though because i because huh. i follow him on apple interesting okay. well for me i uh, joe rogan's podcast it's it's you know two three hours long a lot of the times i don't have that kind of time so and he's recording every or damn near every single day so for me to sit through a three-hour podcast almost every day that's not realistic mm-hmm. the way right. i consume joe rogan is through the clips so it's not necessarily going to change my I guess, mm-hmm. listening habits to his show because I'll still, I'll see a clip. If it catches my attention, I'll listen to it. And I might, if it's interesting, I'll watch the next clip, you know, that shows up in the YouTube algorithm. Um, but I think that that was even uh, Joe Budden hinted to it, that that was the reason why uh, that Rogan was leaving YouTube is because YouTube wasn't being clear on their analytics either. Hmm. 
Yeah. I, I, wow, Wes. Wow, Wes. But I guess. Yeah, right, wow. Right. Well, to sort of, I guess, not to be outdone as far as making the news rounds this week, but Charlemagne the God, who is the host of the famous Breakfast Club radio show, he had some comments on Joe Budden and basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, that Budden has burned a bridge everywhere he's been. Um, and he also had an issue with Joe Budden comparing his show to the networks like uh, Ringer and Gimlet mm-hmm. and, you know, those platforms bringing in a ton of shows versus his show that is just one single show. How did you feel about Charlemagne's comments? Uh, I will. So I, I tend to quickly or, or I usually have like my guard up when it comes to Charlemagne because it's Charlemagne. <laughs> and if, if you've been a fan of like, if you've been a fan of, of, of hip hop culture, you just know Charlemagne and Joe Budden are, are kind of like in the same circle. Like you could just take it with a grain of salt and you know that they kind of, you know, they, they, they tend to add some flair to it. Um, but I do see Charlemagne's point of view and reading his comments kind of put things in perspective. I was like, man, he, he is right. I mean, this Joe is comparing himself to a network, though Joe will tell you like, hey, when we talk about the Joe Budden podcast, we're not just talking about me. We're talking about everyone involved with creating this show. And I think he had said something on one of those uh, between the two episodes that there are, you know, hundreds of people and, you know, at least 100 people involved in his show or a good number. A hundred. Of them. It, it was something. Uh, it was something. Don't quote me. But um, <laughs> I I mean, Charlemagne raises a good question. You know, and, and they, this kind of goes to what you were saying, Al. When you look at someone like Joe Budden, who has had several um, uh, um, uh, ventures, you know, both in music, he also did radio for a while, and now podcasting. And you start looking at the trends of like, man, you've always kind of been in a shitty deal. You know, you've always been in a very peculiar um, situation, a less than ideal situation. I, I think it's fair to ask. Is it really the other person or is it you? You know what they say, like, you know, if, if everyone's crazy, is it them or is it you? You know, so uh, I, I think you. there is a level you. of fairness in his assessment, especially, you know, telling, you know, opposing to Joe, like you're comparing, you know, yourself to these massive networks that produce podcasts that have multiple shows. You might have the number one podcast for, you know, this month or, or this year, but these guys might have the top you know, five podcasts are in the top 10. So, you know, that you've got to account for that value. And IP as well. I think that that was a big part of the deal, which going back to the the Call Her Daddy show, that was a, a sort of, I guess, a linchpin in the whole negotiations is that they wanted the IP, Barstool wanted the IP. And so with the, the billions of dollars that, that Spotify paid for Gimlet and Ringer, they're getting the IP of all of those shows, which sort of makes you feel bad about the hosts and the creators of all of those shows it's like what do they get out of the deal you know that the the people at the top the bill simmons of the world are probably raking in the cash but what are those hosts getting that built those shows from the ground up yeah al what do you think about uh charlemagne's comments on joe that's good that y'all brought that perspective up in regards to like him being in him being in all these i guess bad deals i didn't look at it like that but at the same time too when I when he was mentioning Gimlet and uh podcasts and stuff like that, I took it as like, okay, he's in like Spotify uh inquired or bought out or whatever these companies and the, his numbers were still like crushing the people that were on there, regardless mm-hmm. if it was six shows on top or one on top. You know what I'm saying? Like his show was still prominent on there. And I kinda looked at it too, like, well, 
if you're saying you're supposed to give me a bonus, but you over here buying companies mm-hmm. <laughs> for all these million dollars, then like, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, what, what, what's really going on with that? And this had, this apparently was going on after he was actually on the show, uh, actually when he, you know, in the process of his deal. So, uh, I mean, looking at it from Charlemagne aspect of it, I mean, both of them are employed by somebody, but, I guess Joe Button is, has more guts enough to speak on it from the creator, from the street side. You know what I'm saying? Which mm. I, at which it's a thin line with that man. Because when it comes to the creator side and then the admin side, like it's like that fine line that we have to that we have to play along. Like I, I know for me personally, I try to watch a lot of stuff that I say online, especially even on Twitter. Even I, even even though I feel like Twitter is like. That's my safe place. I can say whatever I want to say, but I do understand that there are a lot of like admin people looking at me and saying that I might be problematic to mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. situations or whatever. So, but the fact that he championed so much for like the creator and the streets or whatever, yes. I know for me personally, I, 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 and in, in, in the state of mind that we're in right now, like it seems, it seems like okay, Joe Budden can really take his platform and really go anywhere or not go anywhere at all and mm. still be sustainable. Versus Charlemagne over there, I heart, you know what I'm saying? And he he might be bound to this contract, or it just might be a differences in in in, in their lifestyles. Like Charlemagne might be like, look, I gotta I gotta feed my family. Mm. But I, I Joe Budden, Joe Budden might be like. I'm going for the streets and the streets going to take care of me. I, I think that there's a lot of, of sort of rivalry and a little bit of jealousy before uh, with the legacy radio companies versus podcasting. I, I, I sort of faced a lot of that on both sides with uh, not going to school for journalism, being a blogger, not going to school for broadcasting uh, and eventually yeah. becoming a radio host. Yeah. I experienced that animosity from both sides. So I wonder if Charlemagne, if that's the place where he's coming from is from just a radio veteran who does doesn't like the podcasting world and the power that these creators essentially have. Hmm. Well, what's the, but I mean, it's a lot of people well, that, that have went to school for it and everything. And, and they're just not as equipped and creative and innovative, like a person that quote unquote comes off the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, but I, I get that because when I was in school, I, I, I learned that, like the whole intro to communications. Now, granted, when I was in school, I just, I recently just got my degree. So when I was getting my degree, a lot of stuff that I was learning about, I already knew and hmm. I was in it. Hmm. But I didn't realize like people were uh, really like looking down on people that didn't have actual degrees and certifications in blogging. I didn't realize people looked at blogging the way that they did. Like, journalists be looking at bloggers like... Mm-hmm. Even like, PR no, departments. Like, like, you're a joke. You just at yes. the third. So, um... That is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy you it's say even that. Not, it, 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 well, well, if I can chime in, I, I don't I don't know if, if that might be... Uh, if, if that is Charlemagne's motivation per se, because I know that he does have his own podcast that's very successful, The, the Brilliant Idiots. I think it's just Charlemagne is more of an uh, 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 of a company man. Like he's always been associated with a, with a company. Even like in his early days uh, when he was, um, uh, oh my god, I'm, I'm having a brain fart in his original uh, uh, show that he was uh, that he was a co-host in. But he's always been associated with some sort of company. And you could make that same argument with Joe, but I think Joe is coming from a position where he's had to completely um, um, reinvent himself, you know, and, right. and, and between complex 
um, you know, daily struggle. And then it, especially like the podcast, I think the podcast is where he was able to really reinvent himself and then launch, use that as a launching pad for like Revolt and then his own series on pull up and, and things like that. Well, he's a commentator now, which is a very yeah. similar to, to what Joe Rogan did is he was, yeah. started out commentating on, on fights and now, you know, they're, they're retro and respective to their, their each individual, I guess, uh, niches. They're, they're basically at the top of the game. Like they're both friends. Like I think I, I, I'm pretty sure they've discussed this offline and, and sometimes the way I view those type of conversations, it only makes me think, well, I wonder if maybe Joe reached out to Charlemagne and, and said, Hey, this is what I'm trying to, I've got these goals. Um, it's all cool. Let's keep this kind of facade and, you know, it's showbiz. Yeah, you know? yeah they've got to, I think that there's got to be a little bit of that to consider, um, to consider as well. Wow. No. That's that's interesting to me. Maybe because I don't look at it. I know in my line of work and what I do, like I'm not really big on competition and mm-hmm. not really big on like frenemies and stuff like that. I'm like, look, if the person can do the job, do it. Regardless if it's degrees or not. If somebody's, you know, over you know, supersedes this person, then maybe that other person might not be doing the work. It's just kind of fair game. But for that to be but for that to be a factor, uh you know, y'all explaining that definitely gives me a, a different thought on it. I didn't look at it like that, but yeah. Now, speaking from, I guess, the, the following a favorite creator point of view, have you followed a creator to a different platform? Yeah, <laughs> Joe. I mean, Joe Button is is the reason why I use spotify as my podcast player of choice now um and i mean maybe not a hundred percent but he was a big influence Mm -hmm. i always thought that apple uh, it's amazing that they can rest on their laurels when it comes to like the podcast app that that you know the stock podcast app that comes with all iphones that they've never updated that it's still very kind of um glitchy to me it's not very user-friendly i I just have a lot of quarrels with Mm -hmm. apple Podcasts, but it was my main podcast player of choice for years until joe moved to spotify and i was like well well shit i mean i i guess i'll go ahead and start listening to joe button and since i'm always on here all the time listening to a show two times a week i might as well add on my other mm-hmm. podcast so to your point to, to answer your question yeah joe, I, I gotta give joe button you know he's probably the creator i follow into another app but is yeah. there, will you guys follow him to wherever other platform and will you change your listening habits as far as your podcast app of choice is concerned Mm, nah, I don't think I would change it. I mean, I primarily rock with Apple. Like everything, when it comes to podcasts, it's always uh, Apple. Hmm. But I mean, I, I share the same thoughts as you. Like, I only, I only use Spotify for for Joe Button. I mean, I've stumbled over a lot of other stuff like Jamel Hill. I listen to her podcast hmm. on Spotify. But yeah, Joe Button was the main reason why I enlisted. Uh, Spotify on my on my apps. <laughs> there, there are yeah, there are I, a couple like exclusives, it. but not really. I, I, Michelle Obama is one that I've listened to a couple of her podcasts, but most of the other podcasts are all available on all these other platforms. So I use Overcast. I don't even yeah. mess with Apple. I use Overcast. I set my my queue for the day, or really for months long. I have so many episodes to, that are just waiting to be listened to because there's so many good shows out there, but. I, I like the organizational aspects of the other apps. Joe Button might be the only podcast I would consider moving to a another app. If if it's a free app, then for sure mm-hmm. I probably will follow. 
if it's a paid app, there is a high possibility I might do so only because I respect Joe Budden as a, you know, as a, in a, in a weird way, as a colleague. You know, I, I do respect that he's always on the side of the creator. I have learned a lot. I have been inspired by a lot. And I don't think I've ever felt like I've had a, um, uh, a, a kin, a kinship with, um, with another podcaster like, Joe Budden. Yeah, because you've actually traveled to see his live show before, yeah, which like, Spotify took a, an enormous I, cut off of as well. Yeah, which is, I mean, and Al, man, it, 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 as someone who comes from 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 music uh, yourself, it is crazy to hear. Um, it, it like you could just replace the word podcasting with, you know, uh, uh, with the phrase um, music, you know, uh, record label or, or or music contract, because hearing him talk about Spotify essentially doing a three sixty deal where they're getting a piece of every single thing. Even like when he brought up like whatever Mall's doing or whatever, you know, Rory's side hustle or whatever Parks is doing and, and Joe Budden's other non-Spotify related oh, ventures. IP. It's like, what the? Are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, how how dare they have the audacity to ask such a thing? Um, but and, and I think that's why I would feel so strongly about considering paying for podcasting, even though I, I am a firm believer, like, I, I don't really, I, I'm not a fan of like, accessing content behind a paywall hmm. per se yes um especially if there's if that's the only choice like i would like to have a free option and if i choose to do so i'll go to go through with the paywall but um but yeah I, i'd probably say joe Budden. i i would strongly consider uh, knowing how he was treated does that make you want to avoid future spotify exclusive podcasts because our our our, our podcasting Man. host buzzsprout is very <laughs> adamant about being anti spotify they took all of their podcasts off of spotify because they did not believe in what spotify was trying to do to the market buzzsprout is very much a proponent of a free and open market so does that yeah. does does knowing how joe was treated affect your list listening habits to other podcasters on Spotify. I'm about to sound like a, a big contradiction because, <laughs> well, our situations are, are a little different. And that's because we are not, we're not at that level. Like we can't just make a choice like that and essentially cut out. I think Spotify is, if not my second, it's probably, it's definitely between my second and third most. Uh, um, that's where I get like my second or third most views. Apple Podcasts is still like the number one spot where we get our most downloads and plays. Spotify is usually like number two or three. I'm not in a position financially or um uh, or status wise where I can just cut out that much of my listenership. You know, what about sure. you, Al? So I was uh, this. I guess is the insider of uh, NPN Network, but um. I was trying to figure out like a way just to try to get the network on Spotify, Apple, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just see if I could take the network and say, hey, let's, you know, try to work a deal in, 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 in the level that I can level on. I'm not making Joe Button numbers, but you know what I'm saying? That, you know, just the belief in it. And I really pride in all like all of our, podcasters on the network to get on Spotify. Mm-hmm. I was like, it, I mean, cause I was seeing everybody else on Spotify. So when I even uh, promoted through the website, I would put Spotify first and then put uh Buzzsprout second, or I, that would really, it would just be uh that SoundCloud. If, if, you know, some of them still use SoundCloud for whatever reason. <laughs> um, but I was looking to 
like Spotify was kind of like my thing. I was like, all right, well, podcasting ain't that bad on Spotify. Let me let me pay more attention to this. You know what I'm saying? And how they do things and how they run or how you know, just the aesthetics, all of that. So I remember telling my homeboy about this, and my homeboy was the one that told me to listen to the podcast because he me because he was like, "Yeah, I know you mentioned Spotify, and I know what you're trying to do." So now I'm like, I I, I don't know. Like I, I feel like I need to go back and read the fine print on like a Making lot of you this second stuff. Guess, like, so I guess the move or the the promotion to Spotify. I guess what this de- yeah. definitely does is the day that I should get. You know, approached by Spotify for exclusive city, <laughs> then then I'll really consider like eh, I don't know. They're gonna play boy. this podcast. Yeah, and they're gonna I, say, "Sir, yeah, explain yourself." Yeah, I did my boy kind of kind of dirty, but um, I, I don't I don't think that I think those type of decisions a a Joe Rogan, a Joe Budden, um, uh, any of you know, a Michelle Obama, a Charlemagne, I think they could make those decisions without um without hindering their growth and expansion i think for folks at our level and and i say that with full respect you know uh, podcasters at our level we uh, we just need as many channels and platforms as that we can provide well that that, that actually brings me to to my next sort of switching gears to the creator perspective after listening to these two episodes this week um from joe joe button does this give you any ideas for changes to your current monetization or distribution plans uh well in regards to the network i sent i sent the first episodes to the to all the people on the network and i was like look i need y'all to listen to this and we need to have a conversation because it because in my mind i'm like i felt like that that conversation that joe button had it was definitely on some all right so what do you want out of this like it was like i i had to hmm. it was to me i had to th- i had to step back and be like so what do I really want? Do I really want that bag and, you know, that, that platform to do this? Or do I want to be able to have independent control over this? Like mm-hmm. all these type of creative questions. So I, that's why I sent it to the, to the people on the network. Cause I, like I said, I pre- previously I've been having these conversations with my head, like trying to figure out how, you know, like if it's, if it's like music, then yeah, I have my own masters and all that stuff. Like you know, I'm I, but I don't know how that podcasting aspects work. You know, when you you know, of course, when you include IP, et cetera, et cetera. But um, creative wise, yeah, I, it's, it's definitely that question. Like, well, what do you, what do you, what are you doing this for? Like, what, what do, you, how do you want this to look? Mm-hmm. And that's the question I had to ask myself. But I, I mean, but I answered that quickly. I was like, look, I know I'm doing all this for, you know, of course, for the love and the, and the, the passion for it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, well, we, we all, all three of us individually, we've been doing it for a great minute and we would definitely love to have some type of monetization from it. You know what I'm saying? Fair enough because we're providing the skills mm-hmm. and the, and the passion and all that. So it should be rewarded. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it got me thinking. Like from my aspect, it got me thinking a little bit. But from the network aspect, I definitely need to have a conversation with everybody on the on that because I need to know where they at. Like, if y'all own this just to get a bag, then we need to we need to plan another route mm-hmm. for that. But at the end of the day, MPN, like I'm all about community. I'm all about dignity. You know all that. So. I want people to have fun on here and be able to build something. And if that's not your mode, 
then we need to, you know, we need to yeah. figure something else out. And, That's a good response. And, and a to great piggyback response. off that, Joe Budden even mentioned, he's like, Spotify acts like they, you know, they got the biggest dick in the room, but they only control 10% of the, the market share for podcasting. Hmm. So you're really almost affecting your future and your livelihood by only being exclusive to Spotify. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Apple, like, out of this whole thing, when I was studying, you know, studying or paying attention to Spotify, I was always asking the question, like, I wonder what Apple doing. But it seemed like Apple is like that. Apple is like that. That. that I swear to God, I, I feel like they forget, like, they have this damn app on here. Because to your point, <laughs> I have asked myself, like, damn, why is Spotify getting all these exclusive podcasts? Mm-hmm. But the number one podcast app, you know, definitely in my world I, I don't know too many exclusive podcast apps. I know, or I'm sorry, exclusive Apple podcasts. I know, um, Spotify has exclusive podcasts. I know, uh, uh Luminary, right? Luminary? Yeah, Luminary, which is, is trash. Yeah. <laughs> Another podcast, <laughs> <laughs> Another podcast app notorious for like scooping up these, um, um, these exclusive shows. And, and Al, I, 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 I don't, I'm sure you might be aware of this, but, and, and, and Blythe as well, but, I was telling her about how Apple Music and Spotify, that is one thing Apple Music does do. Apple does do. What they were doing is they were doing exclusive um, album releases, you know, teaming up with certain art. I think Drake was like um, exclusive Apple for a while. The Frank Ocean was, I think, the last instance where either of these companies were doing exclusive deals because they ended up getting screwed out in the end. And I wonder if that had any um, impact into Apple thinking, all right, well, we're just not going to do exclusives, period. Um, but I feel like, but but I feel like Apple has has other things to worry about. I mean, I they think got that, products and everything. And like, I think that's, and, and I'm sorry, no, and I think that is why they don't really bother or seem to uh, care or bother for exclusive um, podcasts. Is because you're because to your point, as well as something that Joe Budden was saying about Spotify. Spotify, you guys don't have hardware. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys don't have any um, any tangible goods. Apple does. Apple, I'm sure that they probably make most of their money off of, you know, their hardware they sell, whether it be phones, uh, TV, Apple TV, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think because every, because every, uh, hardware they have, it, I mean, it, it's going to have the Apple podcast on yep. it. Right. Yep. yep. Like the app automatically on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, period. I, like, I, I feel like they, they, the grand, I feel like they, that, that granddaddy, the granddaddy and the family that, they know they they just watching and seeing what's going on. They're like, okay, look, okay, boy, yeah, we're gonna, we gonna let y'all do this. Yeah. Nah, nah, we're gonna see OG. how y'all play out at the end. Well, because they kind of did the same thing with their TV show offerings with Apple TV. That they, they kind of sat back for a while and then signed a bunch of exclusive TV rights deals or Apple shows, and and maybe that was them experimenting with that medium. And if it was successful, or or to Apple's, I guess, definition of successful, then they would replicate that same model model to podcasters but it's kind of unreal that they've controlled you know the overwhelming like something like i think at 1.90 percent of the market share and they've done absolutely nothing with it and you know what we ain't and and look we're not on here dissing apple at all no no not at all if you want to send a check i will send you the well, address, well, well, i'm saying that uh <laughs> as like look at apple like very hands-on and they still control the market it makes me wonder if any of this will backfire on Spotify. Hmm. Like, are they making a, a a revenue? Are they making a profit off of all of these exclusive deals? Or are they just kind of just hoping 
that hey we're gonna make enough ad money and what does this do too to to them in future shows i mean joe budden being so vocal about his contract and giving these like tidbits and, and warnings what does that do to the next podcast that they uh try to scoop up and they're like hey we're also not going to read our ads like that would be detrimental to them yeah, because I mean, you talk about a little a bit of the, or Joe Budden talked about the conflicts of Bill Simmons, who's the owner of the Ringer, you know, ESPN veteran, mm-hmm. um, had a famous falling out with them over their 30 for 30 series. Uh, but she kind of had like a weird dynamic with Bill Simmons, uh, just calling Joe Budden out of nowhere and offering so to weird. like record what? the show when his father is what? dying. And yeah, that, that very was weird dynamic. Yeah. You could tell that Bill Simmons maybe is on a different level with the executive than Joe Budden is or was. That is like the that is the most perfect example of sticking your nose in something that has nothing to fucking do with you. Which if you if you're a sports fan, you follow Bill Simmons, it's pretty expected ah, okay. uh, that this guy is going to to stick his nose where it doesn't belong. I wanted to answer your question as far as um uh, how this might change uh, like my method of monetization. Um and, and I will say it's influenced me to um, lean in more into what I'm currently doing. Cause I, I will say I'm, I'm very prideful and that my, my monetization methods, be it Patreon and, and sponsorships as well, is that I am very, um, uh, I am involved with those, like directly involved. There is no middleman. There's no one collecting, you know, a, a little bit. I am directly involved with the patrons that, you know, support us on the show as well as our sponsor, you know, Gotham City Limit. Like I directly speak to them. I directly have a relationship. We we negotiate um, uh, directly, and, and I think that it's only encouraged me to try to keep as much as much control over that business side a, as I can. You know, not not to bring in a third party or or someone for for representation just yet. Well, I, I will say with respects to Patreon, it technically is a third party. I, I covered this in my last episode where the Patreon has actually uh, been faced with a slew of lawsuits. What happened with, with Patreon in, in, in jest is they essentially kicked off a few people from their platform for, for advocating, you know, hate speech and things like that. That's essentially opened up the doors because that opened up the doors to, to future lawsuits. Mm. Um, there was a lawsuit that was filed that that creator actually one, because that was their sole source of income. Patreon didn't provide any kind of explanation as far as why they were being kicked off, but they got kicked off anyways. And so they lost their whole uh, revenue stream. And so because of that, a judge ruled in favor of the creator, which now opens Patreon up to a bunch of lawsuits in the future. So I guess maybe try to peel the curtain back a little bit for us on, on, on Patreon itself. I mean, not to say that you guys, you know, obviously would participate in any kind of hate speech that would cause you to get kicked off unless, you know, they're maybe like DC fans or something. <laughs> um, but I would say maybe it, it, does Patreon take any kind of fees? Like what's in it for Patreon for you guys to use them as a, a fun provider? Definitely. They, they, they take a small fee out of the, your, your payouts, okay. you know, um, but, our tiers are relatively pretty affordable, pretty pretty cheap for the most part. I think our highest tier, you know, is a is a fifty dollar per month tier. But our our more accessible ones are like two, five, and nine. So I mean, when you do the math, it comes out to like fifty three cents, you know, uh, of of this you know of this month and et cetera. So they they do take a small fee. Um, it's never been, it hasn't been anything where it's been like, damn man, what am I? It hasn't been enough to make me question getting off the platform. And I think until we have a solution to 
um, have an application or, or, or some sort of platform that that people can directly, you know, pay us or, or support us or be contributors and patrons. Um, it, it's just right now, I think our best, uh, our, our best tool. Well, I do know as, as a web designer developer that in that field, I do know that there are options out there. So if you are a podcaster looking for alternatives, maybe a backup plan to a Patreon model, there are alternatives out there that you can collect payments directly on your website. I knew WooCommerce subscriptions is one of them. And I know this Sam Harris podcast, um, he actually has a dedicated funding model. Hmm. I'm not exactly sure of what platform or what payment gateway that he uses for his podcast, but I know that he left Patreon specifically because he was nervous about their their I guess their move into deciding what's acceptable speech and what isn't. That's cool. I I, I will also say that it's it's made me want to be prepared for you know the because I, I you know I'm I'm very optimistic. I, I feel like you know one day we will be you know we'll have a contract or something come to us, um, and it's it's made me consider you know those those talks like hmm. prepare even if i don't get them at least i want to be prepared right. for what do i want to ask what do i expect and and, it, and and maybe to what al was saying it's made me ask okay what what do i want what does success look like what what would i want from a a, a partnership or a sponsorship or a you know a contract like that what 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 is the purpose hmm. Yeah. Now, Al, you operate the podcast network, Mr. Peterson's Neighborhood. And for, for those who don't know what a podcast network does, sort of give us the rundown of the pros of, of why a new podcast would want to join a network. So the you want me to give the pros and the cons? Sure. Okay. So the pros, uh, I mean, the, the main focus of the podcast network, uh, basically just to, to get a to, to get a hub going. Um just like with the with the podcasting group, I mean, we, you know, we it's a group of uh, people together, and we just we we share resources. Um, it's it's kind of simple. It's like you know, we have a bunch of uh, creators. Um, we, you know, it's, it's that I I learned that it's this podcasting stuff is like a, a long sport. I didn't realize how much of an a long sport this was until I went to Podfest mm-hmm. and I was listening mm-hmm. to everybody's stories, and it was like. You know, you're in front of the microphone and you're recording that. And I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, I'm in a, uh, in a, in a sport that's really in a long sport. And you just hope that somebody's listening to it. So I didn't want uh, other people feeling that way as well. So I was like, I just want to build this community mm-hmm. so people can feel comfortable in the skin that they're in to be able to present the stuff that they want. So that's the pros of it, just having the, uh, that unity aspect of it. Definitely when it comes to resources, you know, any type of resource that I kind of come through, I pass it on to them. Um, um, I do feel like I'm in, in a bigger spectrum of, of getting information more so than the average podcaster, so to say, if that makes sense. So I just try to pass on uh, very knowledgeable information that that comes my way. Um, sometimes exclusive stuff, um, you know, kind of, you know, whether they want to build a portfolio when it comes to, cause I, I have podcasts that are like bloggers, hmm. writers, you know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to expand them on that side of things because I want to uh, intertwine podcasting with a lot of other stuff. Um, like one of my homies, he's a big videographer. Hmm. So we, you know, we're trying to 
choreograph that. And, you know, so I just, you know, just be able to have a hub that shares information. Um, I've never heard it broken down that way. That's that's uh, like the lone sport and just your motivation to share resources. I mean, that's that's like admirable. That's really cool. So, yeah, I, I mean, listen, when I was when I got into this rap game and. I mean, even till now, and I, you know, I'm, I'm a diehard Duval hip hop artist. I, you know, that's out of everything that I do. And I know a lot of people know me for DJing primarily because I do that a lot. But at the end of the day, I, I am and I am a Duval hip hop artist and I pride on that a lot. I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a hip hop artist, but I'm definitely a hip hop artist from Jacksonville, Florida. And I represent that mm-hmm. very well. I stand in that, but. I didn't get a lot of resources when I first started. Mm-hmm. Like when I was reaching out to people, I, you know, I would, I would ask people, Hey, you know, what studios to go to or who's doing this? And, that, and I wouldn't get the information. And I just remember feeling like the, I felt so defeated mm-hmm. when I was going through that journey. And I had to learn how to figure all this stuff out. And this was like 2005, six, you know what I'm saying? We have none of the resources that we have now back in 2005. So just imagine going through that journey and not being able to get, get that information, even with your, even from your colleagues. Just be straight up, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. From the colleagues that I work with, that I, you know, the coworkers, you know, I always felt like it was in a long sport. So I never wanted to, any type of thing that I'm doing, I never wanted to have people feel like they didn't have no resources or no type of support or any type of hope. A lot of people say I give a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Like people, they be like, Pete, you give so much mm-hmm. hope to a lot of things. And if that, if that's, that's my role, then so be it. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like anything, I guess I pride, yeah, I pride of that, me putting this network together for the simple fact of, of, of hope. You know what I'm saying? Like the next person might not notice them or might not know how to relate to it. So a person like me, I can kind of generalize it and make people understand like this person might be speaking on this, this, uh, on mental health or sports or whatever, and it's coming from their direction. Maybe I'm the one that that can explain it and make other people be able to uh, to tie into it. So that's what, that's like the major pro for me when it comes to that. Mm. But the con of it, um, I mean, just dealing with people, just dealing with <laughs> dealing with different. <laughs> I mean, you know, dealing with people. You know, you got you got uh, one crew of people. They never respond to the to the uh to the chats, you know what I'm saying, to the to the, the the group chats you got, but they will come out the gate when it's time to go and be like, I'm ready to go. Hmm. But then you got the people that's always chatting and you know, whatever, and then the actions don't the words don't match with the actions. Hmm. So you're just dealing with different hmm. uh personalities. This COVID situation definitely showed a lot of that. Some people have really like fell off. Not fell off, but just really went to the backside. But then you got other people that just turned it completely up. So, you know, just the dealing with different people, man. And, and even with the con now, like, like not knowing, like this whole Joe Button situation, I'm telling you, like for me, I'm like, I got to have a conversation with like everybody. I, I don't know if I need to have it individually. I would love to have it collectively, being the fact that we are a collective. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, we got to have this conversation to find out exactly where y'all at. And that's a pivotal type of conversation I got to have. So that's that's rough. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't come as nice Al, you know, hopeful. I got to come on some admin tip and be like, all right, this is, the, this is how I vision the network to look. And this is what I want everybody to go. 
if everybody's not on that path, we got to figure something out. Either they, we got, we could figure another lane or this might not be the spot for you. Mm-hmm. So I don't like having them hard conversations, but we got to have those hard conversations. Are there any certain milestones that you require for anybody to join the network? Do you have to have a certain amount of downloads per episode or, or is it mainly just a, a, a sort of a, a community aspect where you're lifting each other up? Uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's more so community based, but at the same time, I'm getting more, like I've been telling, um, uh, like my business partner, MJ Baker and, uh, my homie Larry, DJ Larry Love, I've been telling them and the people on the podcast network, I've been telling them like, look, I got to get out of producer mode. And when I say producer, meaning like coming in the studio, setting up the mics and stuff like that. And I don't mind doing that and doing the editing and uh, all that stuff. So you, like, you gotta, provide the editing for them too? Well, for, so it's like 15 of them on the network. So four hmm. so four of them i do the editing that's a lot that stuff al I, I just you were talking about alone sports i yeah. literally before we hit record on this i just got done editing my episode this week and that was like a two three hour ordeal so yeah. you're doing four podcasts editing yeah God, man yeah i'm yeah i'm not that's gonna man and um but you know i understand that you know i mean at in the day, it got to get done. Hmm. So yep. yeah, it does. even with all of that, like I, I've been telling my people, I'm like, we gotta, I gotta step out of this role and get into, get into the more of the marketing and the yeah. managerial role of things. Cause I'm like, people just see me as a producer and that's cool. But I'm like, I, I, I see visions. Hmm. So the community stuff, I'm, I'm cool with, but I need to see consistency. And you know, when I see consistency and people's brands, like shouts out to reduce lunch podcast man they they like the <laughs> they, they're, they're basically the biggest podcast on my network like, they're, the ones, they're running and gunning so mm. i'm like i like man i just see visions in them so i'm like i need to be going in some of these rooms and seeing who they can pair up with and be able to like pull some of their personality out so i can be able to, to see if i can shop around some deals for them or something or put them in place where they can be able to expand so but I'm, I don't want to do that for people that's not being consistent. So yeah. now, c- coming from the the blogging world, I remember when I first started out, I joined a blogging network, and it, it sort of is a really similar to what's going on with some podcast networks, including including your own that I see out here. Is there any kind of like collaboration going on between the the shows within your specific network? Like you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. We got a new episode drop in, I'll share it, or I'll invite this co-host on from this show. Is there any kind of that kind of collaboration? going on between the network which seems like a, a, a big benefit for it oh yes definitely like now i will say this like when i when we did fly sauce and tees uh the virtual uh festival mm-hmm. with that i had all the podcasters do a show but everybody was on board with everybody like at the end of the day we're, we're all family mm-hmm. like it, it's that family base so when anybody got something going on the person that might be doing the least will really come up in front mm-hmm. and like share and Everybody like the network the the will definitely goes. So I'm 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 I love that part. And I would love to do like uh work with other other podcast networks. I wanna find out some other podcast networks and 
you know, bring my subdivision to their subdivision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all be neighbors and, and, <laughs> and go from there because I want to <laughs> see how everybody else works. So I want to do it respectfully. I think y'all do a great job, too, with the uh, with the podcast, the, the group. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so many walks of life in there. True. And, like, I've met a lot of good people in that chat that I talked to to this day. And and that that was that be at these meetings at these quarterly meetings that y'all have and and I, I've met a lot of good people so I just want to continue that networking part of it because to me I feel like even if it was just me podcasting I just still feel like it's just this lone sport and I feel like it's just wild wild west and it's like I don't I, I don't want nobody in the same field as me getting caught up in that stuff like respectfully. And I think that's the best tool that podcasters at our respectable level can do is network. Like yeah. we've really got to um like stick together. I, I think we've got to promote where we can. We've got to cross, you know, pollinate podcasts and, and you know, guest on this show. And I think that is our best tool. Um, especially yeah. like that, that viewpoint of, of what you were saying about, you know, sharing resources. Mm-hmm. I think that has definitely been um probably the, the most advantageous part of, of, having the Jack's Podcasters Unite group is originally like it was just started as, you know, I just want to see how many other podcasts are out there in Jacksonville doing this. Yeah, and then yeah. as we started to meet a lot of them and, and you know, podcasts started like growing and it became like more of a thing to do and there was more podcasters like emerging, like it was becoming apparent that, man, these guys need the resources that um, a lot of us longtime podcasters um, have already like gained or, or, or experiences and, and like the lessons we've learned. Mm-hmm. And that's, and, and speaking from that, that's one note that we always try to hammer home at every single meeting is that, that community or that collaboration over competition aspect of it. And, and, and Botter, you've recently helped launch another podcast for, uh, Insta famous Bart of Darkness. He has like, what, like a hundred thousand followers on, yeah, on Instagram or something ridiculous. Um, but he has just recently launched a podcast called Simpsons is Greater Than. And in what ways, if any, has that launch helped with with your own podcast, um, just just kind of traffic. Um, so you know, shout out to Warren. Um, I'm definitely going to be telling him about this. Yeah, I know his head. You know, will only get bigger in his ego, but um, that that sense of collaboration. So Warren has a uh, has spent years building an audience on Instagram. I mean, it's it's colossal. He, he's found a niche. Um, he's very genuine about it. He, he's you know. Bill, uh, like I said, a famous like, Simpsons room. Yeah, like a dedicated just audience. Um, so when he asked about, hey, I I, I want to start a podcast. I want I'm coming to you, and, and I I'd love your help. Um, the only thing, the only thing I I, I as far as benefit or like, okay, I mean, what's the angle? What's in it for me was I knew that if I could help him launch a podcast. Um, I knew that he would, knowing Warren, he would pay respect. He, he would, he would, you know, throw, he would mention us, you know, and, and whatnot. So it's kind of like I'll share my knowledge of podcasting, and if you don't mind helping, like putting our name in front of your audience, and whoever bites bites. I'm not here to, you know, uh, um, take, you know, anything from from your show or have any sense of ownership. Like I commend you. I am a big advocate of podcasting. I I, am, I will happily help you grow your show. The only benefit in there in there for us was just that cross pollination. So that syndication, um, I, I thought was really great. Uh, yeah. for, can you can you yeah, touch yeah, on yeah. that a little? So bit? So we went ahead and um, piloted. So we recorded. Me and him recorded a bonus episode. I interviewed him about his show. You know, we were just kind of building. We were building up the hype about it, and then we premiered his pilot episode. He he was he was fortunate enough to um, 
uh, interview with the voice of Lisa Simpson, Yardley Smith. We piloted that initial episode on our show. We had a, a lot of plays. I mean, it's still getting plenty of downloads. Um, and then he launched his podcast uh, two weeks ahead. We actually had planned to um, uh, pilot two of his episodes. But after I saw the numbers for the for the first one, I said, hey, man, you know, out of just respect for you, I think you should go ahead and launch your show. Like, no more waiting. Like, I don't want any confusion as to whose show it is. Like, own it. Drop it. Like, just go for it. And 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 had we premiered another episode, I'm sure the numbers would have been great. But it would have been a detriment to um, his launch and his podcast. So that was really cool to have just kind of like the ability to um, take myself out of like, you know, host mode of my own show and uh, to... To, to, to Allison, like share my resources and, and play kind of like the producer role for the first time and helping him get set up. And, and he's off to the races, man. Like he just launched his show uh, last week. He dropped three episodes all at once. I mean, he's already on the road to like, you know, uh, not to divulge too much of his information, but a good number of downloads for the first five days. And didn't you know? he get a famous, like a famous reply on the new podcast already? Yeah, I mean, uh, he's got so many cosigns. I- I'm I'm so excited to see what what he can do, and it- he is a testament to um, just the power of podcasting as an additional kind of um, a channel and-, and resource to have when it comes to being a content creator. Because I-, I do consider him a content creator. I think it takes a lot of work to um, orchestrate and 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 run a successful uh, um, Instagram, which you can kind of compare to owning a brand. You know, I think Warren has a brand. I think Bar Darkness is a brand. So the skills that he developed creating this um, Instagram page translated fairly well into creating a podcast. You know, he, he's got to think about what's the vibe, what's, you know, what's in it for the, um, uh, for the consumer, you know, how do I want to portray this? You know, what's the show going to be about? So it was, it was fun to kind of guide him and to have that, um, uh, to, to, to be kind of in that blast radius and, and, and have our own show kind of get propped up as well. And, and I think an important sort of takeaway for, for the audience in that respect is that syndication is your friend. You own oh, yeah. the content. You have the media files. If somebody mm-hmm. else, if a podcast network or another show is looking for more content that's relative to their audience, there is zero problem with sharing your media files with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't want to say leeching off of their audience, but it is a, a, essentially, it's, it, it's getting your content in front of more eyes that Maybe not has never heard of you before. You know, and, and here's the thing: listeners are going to do what listeners do. Consumers will do as consumers do. There's no way I could have forced anyone to um, stick around with the podcast. They probably were there just because that episode happened to be up. Um, do I believe that some of them might have, you know, some of his many, you know, thousands of fans might have been comic book fans that were like, "Oh, okay, this is kind of cool." Like Warren co-signs them, and I, I like, you know, what they have to offer. I'll stick around. Yeah, absolutely, but. Um, I, I went into it knowing that, you know, this might not work out well, you know, this, there, there is a possibility that maybe no one comes over here to check out his pilot episode and they're only going to wait for the official, but it was a risk I took because I was very passionate. And, and to Al's point, I saw the drive too. I think when you're dealing with other, uh, podcasters or, or especially, po- I feel like podcasting because it is such a lone sport. And there are some days where you'll put out an episode and, you look at the stats and it's like, what the hell am I doing this for? But I saw a drive in him and a, and a consistency that I, I, I was like, nah, he's got something. He's got a built-in audience already. Hmm. Uh, all he needs is just to be taught like the, you know, how to put the wheels on the bike and he'll go. Well, I guess sort of yep. backing off that. Go ahead, Al. 
Yeah, well, first off, congratulations on that release, man. And then it's a uh, to me, I feel like that's marketing one on one. That's marketing creation. Yeah, you know exactly. That? That's 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 marketing, brother. Like that's straight up and, marketing. And it's not like our two brands made were complete opposites. You know, it's it's. He's all about the Simpsons and, and, you know, the cultural impact. We're about comic books and pop culture. We've had him on the show. It's been one of our best played episodes. Like we've covered TV shows and, and, and animation and, and animations and things like that. So it, it, it wasn't outside of the realm of possibility, you know? Now, knowing both of your, both of your backstories and, and recent dabblings and, and, and other areas of the podcasting world, if you had a chance to set up a podcast tomorrow, what, if anything, would you do differently? I would probably, um, I'd probably lean in more into understanding stats and analytics mm-hmm. as this Joe Budden kind of, um, uh, fiasco or well, not really fiasco, but th- this Joe Budden stuff happens. I think you would, as a listener, as a podcaster, as someone, as a content creator, you would be remiss if you did not pick up on kind of the root problem, which I feel is the lack of, of transparency and analytics. And, and apparently, I guess, you know, uh, Joe Rogan is also facing that too with YouTube and things like that. But there's a reason why I think someone like Joe Budden is making such a big deal about um, his gripes with Spotify because of their lack of transparency, because of, you know, the lack of uh, data that he's getting. Like that is that is important, man. I, I think it's it, it's vital to not only your personal growth and, and encouragement too. I think there are times I think that we can all say that when we've noticed, like, oh wow, that episode got a couple plays. All right, hmm. like I'm doing this for a reason. Um, that is data is just important, you know. It it when you cater data for a specific purpose, that's when it becomes information, and I think that you know information is, is you know is is valuable. It can be a weapon uh, for good and bad. Um, but I would have lean, I would lean into understanding your analytics, understanding what, what these stats mean. Um, all of that stuff has a meaning. It, it can, it has a purpose. So probably just like really, um, devoting time to understanding how your downloads and listenerships and why certain things grow or, or, you know, decline at certain rates. Well, if you're starting a new podcast, you don't have any analytics. So how would, how, I guess, would the lessons of, of years of podcasting, would you flip it into a new show? Hmm. That is a good question. Mm, um, very good question. I, because so, I, I do, I will say that I, I feel like the analytics can, can be drastically improved. If I were to improve one aspect of podcasting, the analytics is the biggest piece of it. Because I, you know, coming from the website world, I, I can see where my visitors come from. I can mm-hmm. see how many, you know, uh, how long they stay on a certain page. I can see what page they left. If they, if they looked at any other pages, I, I wish I could get that kind of information from, from podcasting as well. And, and you know what? I, I think, I, I think you brought up, you bring up a great point. I am giving advice from someone who's been doing it for years that, you know, that is probably my biggest, um, you know, regret being the only term I can think of at the moment. I wish I, I would have learned the analytics or tracked those better, hmm. especially knowing that I've been doing it for eight years. Like if I would have known, Hey, I'm going to be doing this for eight years. I need to go ahead and keep track of this now. Um, I guess from a brand new perspective, it would definitely be trying to find just the 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 the, the perfect niche, and I know that's that's kind of broad, you know. Perfect. What is a perfect niche? Mm-hmm. But finding that niche that I can 
feel passionate about the content uh, that that makes the content stand out, whether that be you know for SEO value or, or just you know for finding or or for um for uh grabbing the attention of a specific group. Like for example, like like Warren, he deals with Simpsons, you know, which is one of the biggest shows in the world. But the fan base and and the things that he dabbles in are are very niche, hmm. and he doesn't have much competition that I, I you know I feel like um so I, I think that. When he told me that, hey, I'm, I'm starting a podcast, it just clicked for me. I was like, man, you definitely got to start a podcast. So I think between consistency and, and really honing the message and the content of your show to something, very, you know, obtainable and, but just the right niche hmm. to where you're not having to face so many people, you know, competition and things like that. But Al, what if you start a podcast tomorrow or if you bring on a new podcast, you know, to your, to your network, what would you do differently? So <clears throat> to piggyback on the, the consistency and the niche part, um, I would definitely like hone into that more when it comes to a new podcast. So prime example, my first podcast that I started was, uh, the Groove Suite podcast. And, um, I didn't even realize back then how much of a niche a niche that we had when it came to that. Cause we, we, you know, we, we, it focuses on music, but it fo- focuses, uh, specifically on like neo soul, neo soul, soul music. So it was like a certain genre that we was focused on. And uh, the competition was like damn near none. Hmm. If it was any competition of that, it was definitely outside of Jacksonville. So like, what we were doing and what I'm still doing with the group suite, it's like this, it's like this standalone type of thing because nobody is doing, nobody is speaking on that. Well, I would, well, I would say maybe, uh, Cloud Sessions, Hip Hop Hookah. Mm-hmm. We're parallel to that. Well, we, you got that and you got Taste Test. Shouts out to Damian Lamar. So those are, are, are relevant now. But back then, you know, they they respectfully was hadn't started. So I think if I would have honed in on that a little bit more back in the day, I would have been all right. But uh, I would definitely like focus on that a lot more now. Man. Like I would, like, and it's funny because like we started this, <laughs> we got we got this phrase that we say now: "What's your groove?" So when we say what's your groove, that basically means what song are you listening to, and you know, and that's that's like our niche. Like every time I post it in in the group, in the in the group suite group, or anywhere on Twitter, or whatever, like we get a very good response from it, and and it, it it's a it's a definitely a, a conversation starter. Hmm. So, but we I didn't even realize that was a, a it, that was that important. Yeah. Back then, so now, yeah, I definitely would be focused on that. I, I, I agree with the niche, um, and the consistency part. Um, the analytics part for sure. That's number one on my list. Yeah, I, and I think the analytics come into play when you are confident. I think the analytics really come to play maybe when you've established your show a little bit. When you're like, you know, a year oh, or yeah. two in, and you feel like, yeah, this is something that I can see me doing. Uh, for a good bit of time. I think that's when you lean in on that. I think initially for startup, it's really honing in. What is my message? What is the show about? How am I different from every other show? Do I have a niche? 
Um, cause that niche will, will play a big part in, um, you, you know, and I think Joe Budden had, had kind of touched on this, which is, you know, he's cultivated this audience and this dedicated fan base. And I, and I will confidently say, I think that's one of the, the biggest strengths that I've got for my podcast, the short boxes that, um, you know, our audience is so, we have such a dedicated fan base. Now, granted, it's not, you know, in the thousands, but it's a good bit of people. It's a good bit of people that tune in every week that are loyal, that understand all the lingo, all the inside jokes that we got. And we do our damn best to put a spotlight on them and make them feel like, you know, hey, we recognize you. Even if we haven't met you, like, you know, you're a friend of the show. Um, so I, I think that'd be another piece that I'd add to it, too, is uh, making your fan base feel like they are heard, that they're a part of the show, that they are um, investors, even if they might not, you know, be donating money. But making them feel like um, they are they are heard and really leveraging uh, the strength of that too. You know, it, it's, it's great to know that, you know, we, we can have an event or, you know, we can um, do a call to action to our audience. And granted, like I said, it's not in the thousands, but it's a, it's a good enough bit to where it, it's, it's, it's a factor. You know, it could, it could be the difference between us, you know, um, uh, being voted for a certain title or, 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 you know, reaching a certain goal. So I would definitely lean in on establishing a fan base early and cultivating that, you know, spending time with them and making that, you know, just, just building that, that audience up. And not getting discouraged if you see, you know, five plays on your first episode. Yeah. Because, because to both of y'all's points, being consistent is, is something that I admittedly have struggled with for a while. Ever since leaving radio a year and a half ago, I, you know, I did a weekly show sometimes twice a week for a very long time. So it was very easy to republish that same content to my podcast feed. But now that I'm so low in it well, with the exception of this show. But now that I mostly am solo, keeping that consistency and and not getting deterred by, you know, a low play count on on one episode, that doesn't mean that the next episode is not going to have a high, you know, play count. So I, I think keeping that consistency is is one of the most important mm -hmm. takeaways for new podcasters in order to, to to hammer home as long as your audience can expect a new episode, even if it's three people. That's three people more than plenty of other people who aren't creating podcasts yeah. out there. And I, and I want to say, I think that somewhere close to like seven, 65, 70% of podcasts out there are, are limited run or they don't have a new episode anymore. So they, they, you think that there, it's a crowded market out there and it does feel increasingly crowded as far as podcasting is concerned, but not everybody is keeping up with the consistency aspect, which I think is so oh, yeah. very important. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you got to kind of just have like tough skin and, and be a, a little like obsessed, like almost kind of crazy. Um, uh, when it yeah. comes to podcasting, because there are times where the pay, the, the the payout or or the the payback, um, isn't really that great. I mean, it like you've got to be really dedicated, and that's why I say like find a niche that like you're you're passionate mm -hmm. about because sure. you've got to be able to have self drive and doing this. You know, um, I I remember plenty of of times in the early days where I was just like, I don't think anyone is listening other than me. Um, but you know, lo and behold, like, you know, I, I came across those people cause just out of consistency and just, and just really dedication, like you've got to have crazy amount of dedication, um, um, and, and belief in your show, you know, and, and, and being willing to, to grow and be like critical, 
but also and still maintain that um that that passion and and that drive to produce more content. Mm-hmm. Agreed on all of it. I totally agreed. I'm real big on the consistency part too. Yeah, totally agree on the consistency part. Like, I mean, you think nobody's listening, but as soon as you slip, as soon mm-hmm. as you don't post that that one episode. You know, you you could be going for three months straight, and then you take a week off. Somebody gonna come and be Man, like, hey, you know, which is a great feeling, it? It to is, be honest. It is, it is, but boy, do you feel like? Are you serious? I wanted one week. <laughs> like, yo, I just wanted one week off. Like, that's all I needed. It was like one. You know, I had family stuff, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that about does it. I think that's a good closing point for for this show in particular. And I personally want to thank both of you for joining me. I think it was a fascinating discussion on the the business side of podcasting. Plus, it was a little nice to get my feet wet with co-hosts again. So uh, I guess for, for new listeners, where can they see more of your work? Al, I'll start with you. So you can go to mpn-llc.com. That's the website for Mr. Peterson's Neighborhood. Um, you can follow... Um, MPN management on Instagram and Twitter and on Facebook. And you can follow me personally at Mr. Al Pete. So it's M R A L P E T E on everywhere. No, no, no 904, no Mr. <laughs> it's straight Mr. Al Pete everywhere. Um, I'm most active on Twitter, then Instagram, then Facebook, but nevertheless, come follow us and see what we got going on in the neighborhood. Definitely. Absolutely. Botter? If you are a fan, even a, a, a diehard or someone just remotely interested in, in comic books, comic book movies, pop culture discussions, uh, if you're looking for recommendations into any of those or you know uh, uh, interviews of industry professionals like comic writers, artists, uh, musicians, uh, actors, etc., blah, 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 um, I will highly encourage you to check out the Short Box podcast. Uh, we are Jacksonville's premier comic book and pop culture podcast. We've been doing this since 2012. We're nearing um, our 300th episode. So we've hey. got a backlog <laughs> full of episodes. And I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll find something fun and, and, and you know, that'll pique your interest. Uh, we are all over um, social media as The Short Box uh, Jax, sometimes J-A-X, but The Short Box Jax. Uh, we're also on most podcast apps, so whether it be Apple, Spotify, <laughs> Stitcher Radio, <laughs> Google, etc., just search the Short Box Podcast. Thank you guys for checking it out. Thank you, Bader. Yeah. Thank you, Al. And as for me, you can find more of my work, Bonjour with Blythe.com and a variety of social media platforms at Blythe Brum. That's B-L-Y-T-H-E-B-R-U-M. Any of the topics that we talked about in today's show, I will list them and link them in the show notes. So be sure to check out those links in case you want to read and watch a little bit more of what we were talking about but until next time thank you for 